You're probably aware that there are some differences between SQL Server on Linux versus Windows. In this episode, learn from David Klee on how to set yourself up for success and less storage problems from the get-go with SQL Server on Linux, this week on Data Exposed. I'm Anna Hoffman, and welcome to this episode of Data Exposed MVP Edition. Today, we have a special guest with us, David Klee. David, thanks so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My name is David Klee, and I am the founder of Heraflux Technologies and Sequilibrium Education. And we do performance tuning, HADR architectures, and a lot of education around how everything around SQL Server comes together and plays nice most of the time, but usually sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you on the show. And today you're going to be talking about something that I don't know a ton about. So I'm really looking forward to uh, learning from you. And so the topic for today is SQL Server on Linux storage secrets. So before we get into the secrets, I want to learn a little bit more about the scenario or scenarios that you see that kind of led you to to find these secrets. Yeah, so I've been using Linux for a long time. And here's the challenge. So let's say it's Tuesday afternoon. Everything is doing just fine. All of a sudden, somebody runs a big transaction, fills up a drive underneath one of your big primary production servers. Well, we got to add storage right now. So if you're on Windows, you know, on-prem, in the cloud, wherever, just grow the drive, expand the partition, and away you go. On Linux, it's not so easy. And that's a really big challenge because now you can't grow the drive and you're out of space and everything is down and you got people standing behind you going, when is my business going to be back up and running? We need to fix that. Okay, gotcha. And is this a challenge that applies to just SQL Server on Linux in kind of the on-prem world? Or does this also apply if you're running, say, SQL Server in a VM in Azure or somewhere else? SQL Server in a VM or physical, be it on-prem, cloud, wherever. It directly applies everywhere. Okay, cool. So this is the scenario. Uh, seems like a challenge. Uh, what's some of the secrets? What's the secret sauce you're going to tell us about today? So the secret sauce is how to use the Linux Logical Volume Manager to be able to set this up ahead of time so that when you need to, you can expand these disks appropriately and seamlessly without an outage. Okay, awesome. Sounds sounds pretty cool. I'm not sure what it means, but I'm looking <laughs> forward to learning more about it. Can you take us through kind of the steps? And I think you also have a, a nice demo for us. Absolutely. So before you go into production with this, just add the storage as you normally would. This next task is not the easiest. We have to make sure that we can set up our disks in a way where they can be expanded and moved around after the fact. By default, we don't get that with Linux. So we're going to sudo sue as root so that way every command is running essentially with administrative permissions here. We're going to list all of our block devices and you can see we have our four disks connected to the SQL Server. We're going to do a logical volume manager disk scan so we can see the individual disks. We're going to create three different disk pools. Now, we're going to create a logical volume manager volume group called tempdb on disk B. We're going to do the same thing for data, and then we're going to do the same thing for logs. Now we're going to create a logical volume on here with the logical volume manager. We're going to use all free space on each of these logical volume manager groups. Let's list our block devices again, and you'll notice now for each of the disks, we have a logical volume number under each one. If you list slash dev, which is devices, you can actually see these items under there in blue on the right. 
Now, we're going to format these with make file system XFS, and we're going to format each one of those with the XFS file system. We'll do data, then log, then tempdb. Now we're going to go into the SQL Server root folder, and we're going to make folders here that correspond to each of those volume groups. So data01, log01, tempdb01. We're going to change our owner with a recursive parameter to msql.msql. That's our user and our group. And we're going to do that for each of these three folders. Linux is really strongly secured. So this makes sure that our service account, the SQL Server service, can actually access these folders. Now we're going to edit our file system table or Etsy FS tab. We're going to add three entries under here for each one. And you can see this simply maps the folder and mounts those logical volumes. As XFS defaults, we're going to mount each one of these because we have the entries in the FS tab table. At this point, instead of, you know, E, F, G, we now have mount points under the SQL Server mounted folder corresponding to data log and tempdb. That's how we use these extra disks in Linux. Now, what happens if we need to expand these? This is the magic. We have our three data log and tempdb disks. We're going to double the size from 100 to 200, and then 160, and then 120 gigs, respectively. With Windows, it's easy. Right-click, expand, you're done. With Linux, not quite so easy, but it is straightforward. We're going to log back in, and we're going to go back to our super user. Look at disk free for each one of these things. We're going to go back, and we're going to list our block devices again. So you can see there, 100 gigs, 80 gigs, 60 gigs. It doesn't know how to do a scan to find the free space, but this command here will take care of that for you. And we're going to scan each one of these drives specifically. Now we're going to PV display and we're going to look to see here, can we see our free space? And you'll notice right now it has scanned and has seen it, but now we need to expand our volumes to fill this space. So now PV resize and then simply resize each disk. Boom. It's scanned and it's now resized. And if you take a good look, it now is fully aware of the extra space that we just added. No downtime, no impact, no problem. Now we're going to extend the logical volume to fill the physical disk space extension. So for our data, we're going to add that 100 gigs that we added. And then we're going to do the same thing for our logs and then tempdb. And that was 80 gigs and then 60 gigs. And now let's list our block devices again, and we're going to see our free space. Not too shabby. That is how you can expand disks in Linux and have exactly the same functionality that you do in Windows. Not the easiest to set up, but it is straightforward, especially if you follow the directions here. We need to change the default locations for database data files and log files are automatically created if a location is not specified. Normally, we could do this by going into the instance level properties, go to database settings, and then specify our data and log default locations. But on Linux, we can't do that. We have to go to the command line, SSH into this server. Now we are logged in as root. Let's go to opt-msql bin and then run msql conf set file location dot default data dir, and then specify that new disk and that mount point that we just added. Go ahead and do the same thing for our logs. Once you've applied these, you can literally copy and paste the command right there to restart SQL Server. And that's it. Nice and easy. 
So you'll notice now here in the instance level database settings, our locations have changed. One last thing to worry about is that we need to go ahead and relocate our tempdb database data and log files. Now you'll notice here's the command. It looks exactly to the regular syntax, except for our file names show our paths as var optmsql data tempdb01, one of those new mount points that we just created. So if you run this, it works just like in Windows. Go ahead and restart SQL Server to let this take effect. And then just like in Windows, it's moved it, but it hasn't cleaned up after itself. So if you look at the tempdb database properties, you'll see under files here that it has successfully moved everything. Var optmsql data tempdb, that is our new physical virtual disk. And there's our files on the file system. Now, if you go back one, you'll notice it didn't clean up after itself. So we're just gonna go ahead and remove all these. We can put a question mark in there and do each file individually since they're sequentially numbered. And now, temptb.mdf and templog.ldf, and we have now cleaned up and successfully relocated our temptb. Wow, David, that was a really interesting demo. I think I learned a lot, but I still have a few questions. Um, so once you go through this process, do you have to go through it, go through all the steps again, or is it just the last few steps you have to complete? Just the last couple of steps. Everything else is literally setting the stage so that you can do this in the future when and if you need to. Okay, gotcha. And if you are a SQL server on Linux user or customer or using it in any capacity, um, is this something you recommend that kind of everyone sets up or is it, you know, case by case? Uh, quite frankly, I say if your SQL Server on Linux in general, anywhere, just do this up front because you never know when you're going to need to add space. And it's never proactive. It's literally middle of the night, everything's down, or, you know, a boss is standing behind you with a baseball bat saying, fix this now. <laughs> you need this done well in advance so that you just hit a couple buttons, problem is solved, no big deal. <laughs> Awesome, cool. Well, this was definitely some some cool secrets. Uh, you know, for our viewers who are kind of gonna go through this and get started with this, do you have any like tips or tricks or gotchas that they should look out for? Bottom line, read the funny manual. I use the acronyms carefully there. Uh, just read the manual. Linux is not a crazy black box. It's not mystical being. It is very formulaic. It's very logical. It's actually a little more logical in Windows in a lot of cases. But you just have to understand how to do a lot of these things because it is different than Windows. And we've been doing Windows for 25, 30 years. Linux is different, but you can do it. I know you can. You just got to understand where to click and what to type for just the normal tasks that we do. Once you get the foundation set, it's just business as usual. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks so much, David. I think this will be really useful for our viewers. I definitely learned a lot. Uh, for our viewers, we are going to put a few links in the description for you to go through this yourself or read more, or you can even leave a comment and let us know what you think. And uh, David, again, thanks so much for joining us on the show. To our viewers, please like, subscribe, and let us know what you think. And we hope to see you next time on Data Exposed. Awesome. Thank you, everybody.